0: Today we are going to wrap up our road trip sermon series that we have been in for a number of weeks where we have been looking at topics that have been inspired by things like detours and idiot lights and guardrails. And uh, Today we're continuing on with that. If you've missed any of these along the way, I certainly invite you to go online where you can pick up on any of those that you have missed. I hope that you've been enjoying this series. I know that I certainly have been along the way as we've made our way through it. One of the things that I've enjoyed about it is that many of you throughout the course of this series have shared with me your stories of road trips that you have taken and some of the hijinks and some of the different challenges and difficulties that you encountered along the way. At least one One of you shared with me during this road trip series this t-shirt. You gave me this shirt and uh, very, very much appropriate, a road trip t-shirt to go along with the sermon series. I like it when people give me gifts that are in keeping with the theme of a sermon series. And so next week I'm kicking off Money, Money, Money. And uh, so uh, just be aware of that. I think we'll just leave that there for now. But okay, so next week we are kicking off a new sermon series. It's not money, money, money. What it is, is this series right here. It's in your bulletin today. Ruth, a love story. I don't know if you've ever studied your way through Ruth or if you're familiar with Ruth at all or even know where that is or where you might find that in the Bible, But it's there, it's a very important little book that we find in the Old Testament. And if you love love stories, if you watch the Hallmark Channel, or you just love a great story, the story in and of itself is something that is fascinating. But to come and understand all that is behind the story itself is even more spectacular. And we're gonna jump into that next week. And I hope that you will be with us for that. Take that card and use it as an invitation to to bring somebody else along with you. But as we've made it through, I've listened to some of your different stories, and it, it sort of be, has been impressed on me that most of us actually share very similar backgrounds or experiences when it comes to road trips. And uh, talking to the young parents is kind of a fun thing to do, because we were all there, if you've got kids, and, and uh, you st- or, talking kid, or people are talking about how fun it is going to be to just go on the trip and share experience with our kids, and, and we're going to play I Spy in the Car, and I've already got the, the license plate bingo sheets copied off that we're going to play together. It's going to be so fun. It's so cute to listen to them talk. <laughs> and then you get a little bit more experience in road trips, and the games change a little bit. Now you're playing Slugabug, where the kids in the back are so tired of being with one another, they're trying to inflict bodily injury on each other. You know that this is true because you've been there, if you're an experienced parent, or you play that hold your breath while we're going through the tunnel game, because you know if they just hold their breath, they'll stop talking. And so you kind of slow down the car while you're driving through, thinking maybe they'll even pass out for a little while. <laughs> We had a little different approach that we took, and some of you have told me that this is very much what your approach has been also, and that is you get in the car at night, and you drive all the way through the night to get to your destination sustained, the driver's sustained only by Mountain Dew and Red Bull and Twizzlers, risking the lives of the entire family while you're driving through the middle of the night just so the kids are asleep while you do it, and you don't have to play another game of alphabet right you've been there we've all been there and the reason we do all of that is so that we can avoid hearing little things coming from little phrases coming from the people in the car the phrase that I'm thinking about is daddy why is the policeman behind us? got his flashing lights on but that's not the one that I'm really talking about today the question is are we there yet Seems like every road trip that I've ever been on with my family, we keep hearing this little phrase, this question, are we there yet? Are we there yet? I thought it would never stop and sometimes the kids would ask it too. <laughs> and we'd, we'd make our way along and eventually we would get there. But the reason that that question just keeps coming up and why it's been perhaps your experience also is because sometimes the journey gets long Sometimes the journey just gets long to get to your destination. And what we're thinking about and talking about today is the fact that that's not just true in the road trips we take in the car. That's true in the road trip of life. Sometimes the journey just gets long. And if you stop to think about it, life is really made up of a series of journeys, different journeys that we take. One of those journeys is work and career for many of us and we get off and it gets started well but there are twists and there are turns that that come along the way and and pretty soon we wonder is it really all worth it the challenges come the difficulties with dealing with people come the grind the hours the stress and we're wondering are we there yet because the journey has gotten really long and some of you really resonate with that today Another of the journeys is parenting for those of you who have kids. And I love that journey. It's been a phenomenal journey in my life and a lot of what I said earlier is just teasing. Well, a lot of it. Maybe not all of it, but but it gets long sometimes because there are challenges and difficulties and it keeps you up late at night not just because the baby's up but maybe because the baby isn't home or because there are difficult decisions that need to be made and you need some wisdom to know how to journey through it and sometimes it just gets long or there's the journey of financial stability that I start saving early enough am I going to have enough to make it all the way to the end am I invested in the right things and the journey gets long and we get anxious and we get stressed out about these things or might have to do just with our own personal spiritual journey Sometimes the challenge of commitment and continuing on with faithfulness has us asking the question, are we there yet? Because the journey is getting kind of long. I think we've all been there. We've all experienced these things because the fact of the matter is that life just sometimes gets long. And we wonder why we're going to get there. In the car, when that's the case, a lot of times it's because we're wondering if we're going to get there because it's, it's a time where we've gotten bored. Or maybe we're tired while we're driving. Or maybe the scenery has become redundant and and repetitive as we've gone along the way. And the same thing can happen in these other journeys of life also because sometimes there's boredom in career. Sometimes people talk about boredom in marriage, in relationships, or a, a failing of the urgency or the desire to keep on with the budget or to keep up with our spiritual walk, or whatever the case might be. What we need is something that might spice up the journey, something that would reinvigorate us and rejuvenate us to to move forward toward what it is that we had out there in front of us at one point that was so exciting and so compelling and so motivating that has just slipped in the process. We need something to reinvigorate us. Well, I'm here to tell you that there is something to do just that. We're going to talk about that today, but it's going to take some intentionality on our part to turn from a course where we might be experiencing some boredom, where the, where the journey is just seeming kind of long, to getting ourselves back onto the path, or maybe onto the path for the first time in the direction where we might find that sort of hope and that encouragement and that, that desire to press on, where the journey isn't seeming long anymore, where we're enjoying the process of getting to where it is that God is calling us to go. your worship program today there's an outline and you can jot down some of these intentional essentials that we need to go after if we're going to experience this you should receive that in whatever venue you're in today and welcome to all of you in whatever venue you're listening in so the first of those essentials when the journey gets long is to refresh your vision It seems to me that there are basically two different kinds of travelers. One group are the ones who they just enjoy the journey. It's the getting in the car and the driving and looking at the scenery while they go. They just enjoy the process of getting there. The other 99% of people see the journey as a necessary evil to get to the destination. Right? Most of us fall into that category. and That's why there are things that have been created like video screens in the back of headrests to sort of numb our minds or to get us distracted on other things so that we're not thinking about the journey that we're making and those things have become very popular. But in my day, when I was a kid, we didn't have video screens. We just sat there bored and we liked it. (laughs) Or not. (laughs) Well, just as it is in the car, it's easy to get bogged down in the journey of life as well. We know that there's a destination that we started after, but that journey has become long and there are potholes and there are detours that have come up in the midst of it. And while we were so motivated toward the end of accomplishing that journey at one point, just the problems and the realities of life have crashed in upon us. And what the temptation is when that happens is we just need to deal with the present. We need to deal with the moment. And we get so caught up in looking into and circling around the, the difficulty and the problem that exists that we have found ourselves, if you just evaluate kind of where you are, you've been moving from one problem in the moment to another problem in the moment to another problem in the moment. And we've sort of focused our attention inward instead of and losing track of what it was at one time was that North Star that we were going after that we knew that God had called us to, that he'd put out in front of us. And it's the thing that got us going on the journey and the thing that excited us so much, and today it's gone. And the journey is getting long because we don't have that hope. We don't have that goal. We don't have that insatiable desire to go and accomplish and fulfill what it was that was out in front of us in the first place. We've become so consumed in where we are that we've forgotten where we were going. We need to get past that. We need to renew that vision, to refresh that vision of where it is that God called us to go and to be. The Apostle Paul is an amazing example for us in this. The Apostle Paul is a guy, amazing, amazing servant of Christ. He was called to preach the gospel of Jesus. He was called to go and plant churches, and he launches off in that ministry He launches off to do those very things. But while he's doing so, all sorts of issues crop up. Potholes and detours that come up in his life. Let me let him tell you what that was like for him. These are his words. Who wants to go on a road trip with the Apostle Paul? Sounds horrible. Sounds awful, but that's exactly what he's facing. Most of us don't live completely in that realm, right? Most of us don't face that kind of challenge on a day-to-day basis. We're more like, yeah, I went down and I was trying to get my chai tea latte and they were out of milk. Now, I don't want to diminish the significance of what we go through because even just looking out at the crowd I see here in the worship center, I'm looking at people and I know your story. And I know that you're facing great challenges and in no way am I diminishing that whatsoever, but I want us to all learn what it is that Paul does when he faces all of those hardships for himself. One of those shipwrecks happened that he's talking about here when he was being transferred to Rome and he gets to Rome and he gets put in prison. And he's gone through all of these hardships, and he's doing it for the sake of Christ. But you would think that if you get to that point, Paul's in his 60s at this point, there would be a temptation to kind of ease up. And maybe I should just kind of throw in the towel a little bit and play more golf and stop with all of this stuff that keeps getting me in trouble. Let somebody else pick up the mantle and run with that for a while. Not Paul. When the going got tough, all he did is he refreshed his vision of what it was that God had called him to do. Right at the end of the book of Acts, in fact, the last two verses, the book of Acts, about half of it is just a description of Paul's life, the things that he went through, the things that he experienced. And right as it closes, it says this, for two whole years Paul stayed there in his own rented house, he was under house arrest, but he had to pay for your own house, and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. If Paul had chosen to wallow in his pity, which he might have done otherwise, he would have become bitter, he would have become discouraged, his ministry would have tanked, he wouldn't have been able to carry on, as we read that he does here, to complete the fulfillment, or complete what it is that God had called him to do, to fulfill that call that God had placed on his Life, But what he does is he just presses on with it. He does refresh that vision, and it keeps him moving forward to fulfill that call of God, giving him meaning and purpose all the way up until he passes from this earth. And that same opportunity is in front of all of us. You're going to face hardships. You're going to face things that are going to stand in the way, and they're going to beat you down, and you're going to say, well, maybe I missed it altogether, or I'm just tired, or I've gotten bored. Or life has just become redundant, and I'm just not that motivated to keep pressing on. Well, when that time comes, be refreshed by what it is that we find in the Apostle Paul right here. And for some of us, what we need is to be reminded of what it was that was out there in front of us, what that North Star was, what God's call has been on our life. And you know what that is, it's just you need to be renewed and refreshed in that. For others of us, we're at a place where actually we don't even have that North Star out there. We don't need to be refreshed in a vision because we never really had the ultimate vision in the first place. What we need is we need to establish a vision. We need to hear from God in a new way. We need to recognize what it is that he's calling us to go and do. Because here's the thing. We can so often, because there are so many different journeys in life, we can have something that we put out there that we're making our way toward. And we're trying to accomplish that. But we find ourselves accomplishing it and then we realize that wasn't the finish line. I don't feel the fulfillment. I was talking to somebody just the other day. They said, all my life, I had been looking forward to my retirement, knowing that when that came, then finally I would be able to live. And he said it was great for the first couple of trips and for the first few crossword puzzle books, but then I realized that I'm not satisfied I need something that is going to give me meaning and purpose and fulfillment. And he had to work toward renewing what is the vision that God would actually give to me. Because a lot of times we put a finish line out there and we move toward that. And we think that that is what my life is all about. And it's not. Friends, it's got to have some sort of a spiritual ministry kind of component to it. Because God has come and he has put and stamped his image on us. And he has given us gifts for the building up of the body of Christ. And it's not until we align ourselves with those purposes, accomplishing those things that he is wanting to put out in front of us to call us to go and do, that we're really going to find that meaning and that purpose and that fulfillment. And some of us are spinning our wheels because we just have never gotten to the place where we have established the right destination. We've had destinations But we get there and there's still journey to go. And it's like, well, now the journey's long because I don't really have anything that's motivating me to the goal. place that we need to begin, the first essential is that we need to refresh a vision or maybe for many of us establish the vision that God would be calling us to if the journey's getting long. Also, if the journey's getting long, another key essential is to press on to press on. Let's say you're taking a trip to Philadelphia. All right, bad example. Nobody wants to go to Philadelphia. Let's say you're taking a trip to the beach. I know that you want to go to the beach, but you've gotten started on the journey, and you're making your way down the road, but it's getting long, and you're getting bored, and the people in the car are complaining, and and so the driver says, all right, fine. We'll go ahead and stop in a few miles when we get to Green Tree. All right, you can laugh, but I went on a road trip once where our first stop was Robinson and so I know what I'm talking about in this all right I know we've all had the experience of being tired in the car and just wanting to get out but we've made the decision we're just going to press on because we've got to put some miles behind us and it's a good decision to make and we need to make that same decision sometimes in our spiritual walk. We need to recognize that, yeah, the, the going is kind of tough and, and I'm not really enjoying the moment, but I've just got to press on because there is a goal that I am going toward. If you've ever had a job, there have been days when the work that you do or the people that you work with make you, thinking, make you think, I just don't have to put up with this anymore. I'm worth more than this. Or maybe you've thought seriously or have moved out of your neighborhood Because the neighbors drive you nuts. And if you're the only one left in the neighborhood and everybody else has moved, then that tells you something else altogether different. Or maybe it's a ministry that you're a part of, but it's hard, and sometimes you wonder if anybody even appreciates the sacrifice that you're making and all the time and effort that you're putting into it. Maybe somebody else should take over for a while. Or maybe you're ready to throw in the towel on a relationship, maybe with your spouse maybe with your kids, or a friend, or a coworker, or whoever that might be. Sometimes the journey gets long because sometimes the journey just is long. There's no magic formula that can turn a journey of a thousand miles into one that's 700. If you come up with one, let me know. I'm investing in your company because you'll make millions. Sometimes you just have to do it. The Apostle Paul hinted at that when he wrote to the Galatian church, Encouraging them, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Paul is saying sometimes the journey is just long. But if we press on, there will be a harvest. If we press on, we're going to get there. The trip is not in vain. There will be a win. But notice one other thing Paul says there in that verse. He says, we'll reap the harvest at the proper time time. What that is saying is that not every season is harvest season. This is so important for us to pick up on. Carolyn's father was a farmer and when it came to harvest season, I would go and help him as often as I could because it's a very intense time. And it's a very short window, and those of you who know farming know this, that there's a a very short window between the time when the crop dries down enough and between the raindrops and before the snow falls, which in Minnesota is a very short period of time. You've just got to get that crop out of the field. You've got to press on. But as I had opportunity to kind of see all of the process firsthand, I realized that harvest is just this tiny little slice of the whole season. the whole experience. Because as soon as one harvest finishes, you have to plow the ground, and then you have to cultivate the ground, and then you have to plant the ground, and you have to fertilize, and you have to make sure it gets appropriate water, and you have to weed the ground, and you just have to keep working the soil, and you have to keep making progress in that until finally you get to the place where you can harvest what it is that you have planted all the way along the season. See, all of us want to live our lives in the harvest season. That's where, we want to live all of, that's where I want to live all of my life. In ministry, that's definitely the case. I want it to always be the day when somebody gives their life over to Jesus. I want it to always be the day when somebody says, I was going this direction, but God got control of my heart, and I made the decision to stop going there and to start following after Him with all of my life, with all of my heart. I want every day to be that day. But every day is not that day. In fact, sometimes those days are rare. And so sometimes you just have to keep on with the process. You have to press on with the preaching and the teaching and the counseling and and the challenging and the encouraging. To keep moving together, myself, you have to do for yourself. There are a lot of those days They have to be present in our life to finally get to the place where we see a little bit of harvest. We want all of life to be the harvest, but it's not going to be. And so we need to buck up to the point where we are ready to say, I'm just going to press on when the days aren't as easy, when I don't see the results. Because one day I will. The harvest will come. I promise you it will come. Essentials when the journey gets long. We need to refresh the vision or establish it to begin with. We need to press on. And lastly, one more we need to team up. Team up. At this year's Boston Marathon, it was won, the women's division was won by an American for the first time in 33 years. Her name was Des Linden. Some of you might remember that it was horrible weather for that particular race. And she was not having a particularly good day, she would say afterwards. So much so that she said to her teammate, Shalane Flanagan, she said to her, I'm not going to have a good day, it just doesn't feel right for me, but I will do whatever I possibly can to help you win the race. And she proved that she was serious about that because at one point, Shalane had to actually make an abrupt little bathroom break in an outhouse that was along the course and she did, and Des basically waited for her and helped her to run with her again to help them to catch up to the, to the lead group and to get out into the front. And we know exactly how long she was willing to wait for her because they timed the bathroom break. 13.86 seconds. It took her from the moment. She opened the door until she got out. It seems to me that this is just one stat we don't need to keep. Right? Don't you think? But it is Impressive when he stopped to think about it. But the irony of the whole thing is that Des being a teammate and waiting for her teammate and helping to try to encourage her toward the end kept her going in the race herself. And she realized, you know, maybe it's not going to be a bad day for me. And she pressed on and ended up winning that race. Teaming up has a lot of different benefits. And you've experience them on road trips also how much faster does does the time go by in the car if you've got somebody to talk to if you're in conversation if there's some activity that you are taking part in as you go teaming up has benefits in the car and certainly in the rest of life as well but how often do we just choose to go it alone in our self-sufficient pride we say you know what i don't need anybody else we might not see it out, say it out loud. It might be something that is even a little bit, you know, subconscious for us. But we just choose to do it ourselves because we don't want to admit that we're in need, that we're needy people, that we can do better if somebody helps me than we can do if we just do it on our own. That's where many of us live. But when that happens, that's when we get isolated. That's when we get prone to burnout, when we get discouraged. And frankly, that's when the enemy has his greatest opportunity to have his influence in our lives. This is just one of the many benefits that we have of getting in environments where we're connected to one another, like small groups. Some of you have been putting that off. I don't need a small group. I don't want a small group. I, want to, I don't want to spend my time doing that. I'd rather do what I want to do. I'd rather be isolated. I'd rather be alone. And we're setting ourselves up for challenges. Challenges as where if you get connected with other people, you'll have people there to encourage you and to support you and encourage you and be with you through the joys and through the challenges. I can't challenge you enough to get teamed up. If there was anybody who you would think might have been able to handle themselves going it alone, it might have been the Apostle Paul, who we've talked about already, who is an amazing follower of Christ through all of those challenges. But he didn't feel that way. That he should go it alone. In fact, in Paul's last letter he wrote, he spoke of how he valued team. That last letter was 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. And he wrote to that young pastor and he used these words. He said to him, pleaded with him, do your best to come to me quickly. It's while he was in prison. It's while Paul was definitely in need. Do your best to come to me quickly. Because he knew what it was like to go it alone. In fact, the passage goes on. Do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved the world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. For as gifted as Paul was, He knew that he was better together with other people. And throughout his life, you can see him teaming up for ministry. For the different missionary journeys he went on, he teamed up with somebody else to go along. I don't have any doubts but that you are a very talented individual yourself. But I can tell you this, you're better together. You're better teamed up. You've probably had a little taste of that in some place and in some way. But you might very much just be living an isolated experience. When it really comes down to it, doing your own thing, going your own way, not being willing to engage with others, to say, I would be better if I was with you, if you were a part of my life, if I could learn from you, if I could share with you. And we end up going it alone. And that's why the journey gets long. Because we get isolated. We get out there simply trying to make our way from one place to the next. Things are getting boring. You're getting tired. But if we're willing to acknowledge what it is that we can see from the Apostle Paul in his life, we can overcome that. And a piece of that is being willing to say, I'm not going to go it alone. A piece of that is acknowledging there are going to be some times when I want it to be harvest day, but it's not harvest day. And so I've just got to press on through the difficulty of doing the faithfulness and being obedient and getting in God's word and praying. And I'm not necessarily feeling it in the moment, but I know I've got to do it. I know it's the right thing, so I'm going to press on. When the journey gets long, we also need to refresh that vision. To have something out in front of us that is worthy of our time, that is worthy of our effort, that is in keeping with what God's call would be on us. I know what that means for you. You're going to have to do some self-searching, some examining. God, where am I in this regard? If you're finding that you're getting bogged down, if the journey is getting long, my guess is that at least in one of those areas there's something that you can take that you can pick up on and you can say you know what, if I would just try that maybe that's the answer that I've been searching for maybe that's the thing that's going to help me to rise above and give me a finish line that is out there that is in keeping with the calling that God's put on me in keeping with the way that God has gifted me for ministry and service I pray that you'd not be willing to just sort of slog your way through to get caught up in all of the circumstances that are swirling around you in the moment that you can't pick your eyes up. You might just be surprised that if you would get your eyes up and out toward what God is calling you to, those things that you're wallowed in might be things that just get taken care of on their own or take, get taken care of as you make your way to the place that God has called you to go. So as you examine the the finishing up of this summer and you you think about, yeah, we're moving forward into a new fall and oftentimes a new season for things. What is it that you can put out there? What is it that God would be saying to you? Go here, pursue this, live in this way, team up, refresh a vision, press on. Because I know as you do so, that journey is not going to be long like it was. You'll be motivated to take one step and then the one after that and then the one after that because where you're going makes sense. and It has meaning. and It'll give you purpose and fulfillment. And that's where you want to be. That's where I want to be. And that's how we can get there. Heavenly Father, thank you that you do have a desire for us, that you have given us gifts and talents and skills to put to work for your kingdom purposes. Lord, some of us need to acknowledge today that we have not been about those purposes. We've put other finish lines out there, but as we achieve them, we come to recognize, you know what, that just didn't satisfy like I thought that it would. Lord, it's clear that you desire us to move forward in your ways, accomplishing your purposes. So Lord, I ask today that you'd open our minds that you'd open our hearts to go after what those things are, to recognize them, to establish that vision, to refresh it, to press on, to team up. And as we do so, to experience the fullness of what you have in store for us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.